All right, whenever you're ready. In three, two, one. Hello, everybody. Welcome inside the Melting Pond Podcast. Andrew Weiss alongside Doug Greenberg here for episode six, election day for the midterm elections was on Tuesday earlier this week, which means we're going to make fun of all of politics. Just kidding. But we're going to make fun of hockey politics. Coming up today, we've got some interesting snapshots for you. Joel Quenville was fired by the Blackhawks. We've got a few more interesting things as well as who would be elected president of hockey if there was an election. Doug, we've got some fun stuff today. If there was such a thing. <laughs> if there was a thing. Yeah. No, we're going to have a good day today. Um, lot of, oh, my God. A lot of drama in the last week. A lot of drama. A lot of drama in the hockey world last week. A lot of drama. Um, but, yeah, it was but it was a cool week. Um, you how, know, it how wasn't was, dramatic. What was it? Walking into our podcast booth today, looking down and seeing a tube of bubbles on the floor. Yeah. If there wasn't expensive equipment in here, I would totally be blowing bubbles all over the place. I'm still thinking about it. I'm tempted to. I'm you know what? Anyway. If anyone asks, uh, guys, if you're listening, no snitches. Um, no snitches. No snitches. We don't we don't accept snitches here. Uh, if anyone asks, the uh, the equipment was damaged when we got in here. Yeah. <laughs> How did these bubbles get in the equipment? Oh, bubbles. You know, it was uh, it was someone else. Yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> um, Embrace our inner SpongeBob. <laughs> Blow some bubbles. Yeah. Every villain is lemons. Every evil. villain, evil. Yeah, evil. You know what's not it? evil? What's not? That movie you saw the other day. I did see a movie. A quality I s- movie. I, yeah, I saw uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, the Queen biopic, which focuses a lot on Freddie Mercury. Um, I haven't seen it yet, so you're gonna have to sell it to me. Okay, Why so watch. I see Bohemian Rhapsody. It's it's really really cool. Um, here's the thing, critics. I know that like critics, it, it got like mixed reviews from critics and. The main criticism I've heard about it is that it doesn't go deep enough into like Freddie's life and Freddie's struggles. But you know what? They do. They they definitely talk about it. They definitely they ta- they definitely you know it's pretty clear. They touch on the homosexuality aspect of it. There's no sex scenes, heterosexual or homosexual. And I guess for critics that wasn't enough. But in my mind, you know what? They they touched on all the important issues. They touched on his AIDS diagnosis. The fact that up until basically the week he died, he didn't want anyone to know he had AIDS because he was such a committed performer. And it's incredible. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, and yeah, they, they really do harp on that in the movie. And what I, so what I'll say, and the reason I loved it so much was, you know, at times the scenes that were not the music scenes like drag a little bit. Um, but honestly, like they do just fine. There's some there's some really funny good moments like that are not the music scenes. But the music scenes are incredible. Like every mu- every music scene is unbelievable. Um, you know where they some of them are them creating the songs. Some of them are performances. Um, the Live Aid sequence they did for, they do like a 15, 10 to fifteen minute Live Aid sequence, which is you know their very famous performance, and that was unbelievable. It was like so so good, so emotional. Um, I was saying when we came in here, the scene where they create We Will Rock You is awesome. Um, scene where they create Bohemian Rhapsody is pretty great. Oh, you sold so, me. I love I love me go a good it. Queen song just to begin with, but and, and yeah, I also like a good movie. So. And Queen had so many hits, and that's you know it's another thing you go there and you're just like you you remember. I mean, I was a humongous Queen fan before I went and saw the movie, and then literally the whole next day I was just singing Queen songs to myself. It's awesome. I would that's highly. I, I mean, highly you go recommend to the it. movie, you come out, and you're like, wow, is this real life or is it just fantasy? You know, <laughs> sometimes you think you're just caught in a landslide and there's no escape from reality. But oh if you open God. up your eyes, you know, just, you look up you to the skies, okay. just, you'll see. 
Are you, are you good? You done? I'm just <laughs> a poor boy. <laughs> it was cool though. Uh, they, you don't want me to I mean, sing. <laughs> and that's the thing. Trust like me. they, I I love how uncompromising they talk about this in the movie. Is how co- uncompromising that song is. You know, it's six minutes long. It's so radical and out there in terms of like what a it's song incredible. could be. It's, it's such an amazing song. Um, but yeah. Um, I think we're ready to talk some hockey. Yeah. You want to talk some hockey? Yeah. Talk, speaking of incredible, maybe incredulous, more like it. Yeah. Uh, the big news coming out of this week, well, there's a lot of big news. We talked about there's a lot of drama, but one of the big things that came out of this week was that Joel Quenville was out of a job. The longtime coach of the Chicago Blackhawks was fired this past week by the Blackhawks in what was a somewhat surprising event. Absolutely. I mean, this was a guy that was the longest su- tenured coach in the NHL. You know what? Not surprising to you. I'll give. I'll. I'll. I'll give you the credit. Yes. Shameless plug season. Yep. So in your. So in Andrew's newsletter, he said it would be kind of shocking, but don't be. But don't be surprised if Joel Quenville does get fired this week. And lo, lo and behold, um, it happened. Y'all sleeping on my Weiss Hockey newsletter. Can't <laughs> sleep anymore. All right. If you're not tuned into the Weiss Hockey newsletter, it's like the written version of this, except not as funny. But it's got some good information. Check it out. It's on my Twitter. It's on my Facebook. If you don't have either of those, shoot me an email. If you don't have my email, I don't know, man. However you found this episode, reach out. I'm yeah. always, I'm always but, free. But anyway, um, yeah, it was yeah. – I, I would say most Blackhawks fans, especially that I've seen on hockey Twitter, the ones that I've talked to in person. I have fr- a lot of friends who are Blackhawks fans. And we're fans. here in Chicago. Right. We and we're, we are in Chicago. Um, they are shocked and they are, and they're angry mostly because I think that most people would be in agreement that Quenville was not the issue. Like by far, he was not the issue. Well, I, 100%. I would, Absolutely. The, I mean, everyone else, pre, pretty much the talk has been why in the world did Quenville get fired? Why wasn't it Bowman? And I think that's a totally fair criticism. And this is the last shameless plug I'll give myself, but I said in the newsletter, uh, it's almost like Cam Ward is not enough to save someone's job. You saw that Corey Crawford, your star goalie, was was coming off of an injury that you know. I mean, he almost didn't, he almost never played again. He almost didn't play. It's right. you know, it was. I still don't know if it's confirmed or not, so I'm just going to go with supposedly, reportedly, whatever. I it's a huge mess. Hockey in general with injuries is a mess, but all signs pointed to concussion for Corey Crawford mm-hmm. or some form of injury involving um, his brain. Uh, possibly something to do with concussion or concussion-like signs or symptoms. And that's something that can completely derail a career. We've seen that many times, especially with a guy like, you know, off the top of my head, you know, Mark Savard or even uh, the other day we saw Paul Correa guy's number retired. You know, concussions are right. and, scary and Paul, things. Yeah, Paul Correa was very displeased with the league for a very long time. And Corey Crawford, you know, it's it's absolutely nothing, no small feat that he was able to come back. Yeah. You know, and there's no time frame. You can't put a time frame like, oh, you know, four four weeks on a concussion. There's right. no time frame. And yeah, I mean, and here's the thing, the Blackhawks were were dealt a bad hand with that and you know, they were they really but the thing was at the end of the day, they didn't handle the salary cap well and that falls on basically one person. That's Stan, Stan Bowman. Stan Bowman. And look, I, I understand there's there's plenty of people who want to defend Stan Bowman and and Daniel Carcillo had a great thing the other day talking about how important Stan Bowman is to him and saved his career and saved his life um, when Carcel came to him about his addiction to opioids. Uh, I think it was opioids. i got to check that and verify. But he had an mm-hmm. addiction problem, and uh, Stan Bowman was there for him, which is incredible. You know, great guy. But here's the thing. When we're talking about Corey Crawford, we're talking about that p- potential concussion and the, the risks of that. 
Your team last year went from playoff contender to cellar dweller when Corey Croft went down hurt, and you used five or six different goalies, including a, a damn beer league goalie at one point, Liter- Scott Foster. Literally, quite literally a beer league goalie. And your team struggled. And so clearly, if you don't have comfortable, confident goaltending behind your team, you're going to struggle again. That's not on Joel Quenville. That's on Stan Bowman. And his answer, Cam Ward? If you guys are listening you know, week to week, you know I'm not a big Cam Ward guy. We've noticed. How is that your, your solution, the issue? Yeah, let's get a guy who's been league average or below for the past few seasons in Carolina. Let's make him the guy that takes a brunt of our starts. What did you think was going to happen? They got off to a hot start because they were scoring, not because of Cam Ward, because they were scoring goals. When that mm-hmm. scoring went back to league average, look what happened. Now they're in the bottom of the central. Yep. And it's not Joel Quenville's fault. No, it's not Joel Quenville's fault. And, you know, there. and here's the thing. you got to give credit to what Stan Bowman did with that roster when, oh, they, won, when, they, when they won those Stanley Cups. You know, he was a hugely instrumental part of winning those Stanley Cups. But since, you know, since the cap has become more central in the game, he has done an an awful job managing it. And, and, and in all fairness, when you have all the talent that the Blackhawks have done, and they've done a great job of, of accumulating talent, you know, it's tough to keep everybody. You know, you're going to have the Dustin Bufflins, the, uh, you know, the Teravinans, the Andrew Lads, um, the Artemi right. Panarins, the guys who just can't afford anymore. It happens. Sure, but... But you need to do a better job of I understanding think, what to do with those guys. I, I think they should have crossed the Panarin Bridge when they got to it instead of instead of trying to the, to overshoot it. And I mean, they lost that trade. Like no, oh, no doubt, easily. they lost that trade by far. Um, like by it a all started shot. when they decided that Jonathan Taves was a ten and a half million dollar year player because he's not. He no. never was, no. and he never has been. And look, he Kane, was, Kane's he was, the only guy they should have been throwing big money at. Right, and and Taves was, has been a very good center at times, an elite center at times, top you know, top five in the league in terms of two, especially two way player. There are times where he was a very good center, and he still is a very good center. But he was never worth ten and a half, never was, mm-hmm. because at the time when they signed those deals, that was the two richest deals in the NHL, and Kane and Taves have not. I don't Kane, you can maybe make an argument for, but you probably wouldn't win. But at no point in, in hockey have Kane or Taves been a top-two player in the NHL. At no point. Yeah. Even when, Ta- when when Kane led Kane, the league in mm. points, even when he led the league in points, you can't say that I, yeah. Sidney Crosby wasn't better or Connor McDavid wasn't better. Well, that was before McDavid. Was I think it? that was his first – that was his rookie year he got hurt. Was it? Right. Even, so, okay, even, well, without, even without that, like, I, I mean, I top think... two in the league. You, but that's the thing is, like, you, we're arguing for one season. Right, you're getting paid that you're top two now. I guess because of other deals. I mean, but top, I would say I'd five. say that Patrick Kane's still a top ten player. Oh, I'd and, argue and he's, he's, a, he's, he's an incredible him, player. He's right, an elite you, player, and you pay him like he's a top ten player. Right. So, um, but when when you've got, I mean, I understand taxes and, and that applies to to the contract. But when you've got guys like Steven Stamkos, and obviously this is the first time I can think of just because of of where I come from in terms of hockey knowledge. When you've got Steven Stamkos making less than nine million, when you've got Nikita Kucherov making less than ten, when you've got you know what Jamie Ben makes less than that. You you know he led the league at one point. Um, mm-hmm. Sidney Crosby. I mean, obviously his deal was signed way long ago, and it was it was now a steal. Crosby doesn't make ten, right? And I'm taking Crosby over Patrick Kane in a heartbeat every day, every day. So you know, to yeah. me that's that's that was always a tough deal. It just seemed but, like these guys have done enough for us. Here's the money. Yeah, but I want I will never forgive. I mean, not that I'm a Blackhawks fan, but I would <laughs> if I was a Blackhawks fan, I would never forgive him for Brent Seabrook. 
ever because that's, that's right one there of the, one of the worst signings maybe in the history of the NHL. Yeah. Um. They they paid in the short term for understand that there's going to be long term pain and this is it. Long term pain's here. It's yep. coming. And it's going to be staying and here for a while. You know what? And and Bowman should be the one paying for it, not Quenville. Quenville's been nothing but a great coach for them. Quenville's so. the, the first step. Bowman. I wouldn't be surprised to see Stan Bowman gone in the next two years. Totally. If not um, the end of the season, depending on how the season goes. Yeah. They right. have high expectations here in Chicago. That's what's going to happen. I mean, I mean, Quenville's going to get another job pretty quickly. Yeah. Or, or he'll, well, here, so we don't have to, we have to move on pretty soon, but let's real quick yeah. let's talk about where he could potentially go. Um, I've heard, the. I always figured he was going to go to the Kings. So I think the well, Kings would be a, good. the opening in theory. Right. So there's the Kings. You told me one. I forget what it was. Who did you I think? think the, I mean, like, you think the Blues. A lot of people think. A lot of people the think blues. the Blues. On the rest of my news, like I said, I'm trying not to name drop it as much as I can, but I am doing it now anyway. The rest of my news, I talked about a few other coaches who who start to feel the hot seat a bit. Mike Yo, the big one in St. Louis. They go out. They spend a lot of money on a team that's you know built for win now. It's not really necessarily his fault. Jake Allen's kind of just trash at this point, and that's just yeah. what it is. And they just keep trying to force feed him to get him better, and it's just not going to work. He's mm-hmm. not good. That's what it is. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see Mike Yogan. They don't really have a succession plan in place that I know of. The difference with them and the Kings, the reason I don't see the Kings yet, which is a mistake on their part, is because they have Willie Desjardins, and I feel like they are comfortable bringing him in for the rest of the season to see what he can do and then at the end of the year make a decision. And if they don't use him, they're bringing in Marco Sturm, who had a great term as the coach of the German national team. Mm-hmm. So they have their options there. Quenville's not going to wait till the end of the year, I don't think, if he has options midseason. He could wait to the end of the season see what the best option available is, mm-hmm. but he well, gets a job as soon as he wants one. Totally. Oh, absolutely. Whenever he wants the job, he'll take it. That's the only question. And, when does he want it? Right. And, well, what's interesting, and here's an interesting theory. This is an inter- a theory that I saw on hockey Twitter somewhere. I can't remember where. But somebody postulated maybe Quinville waits it out. He takes a break. You know, he's been going nonstop with all these Blackhawks seasons. He was in tons of postseasons. So it's been, an, it's been a long grind. Maybe he takes a little bit of a break. He comes back as the head coach. Of the Seattle franchise, and he he is the first head coach of the Seattle franchise, which I think would be a really interesting and kind Could of a cool, and kind of a cool move. I I so. like that. I think that's interesting. I yeah. mean, a lot of people when Steve Eisman stepped down were, were saying if he doesn't go to Detroit, you know, what if what if he wants to be the guy in, in Seattle? You can yep. you don't have any obligations, no no salary cap, no issue, and no pressure, no pressure. Absolutely. Although Vegas kind of put the pressure on expansion. Well, teams, that's yeah. That's, that's, I mean, I mean, Gerard Gallant, is ridiculous. Gerard Gallant did such an amazing job with that team yeah. that. Yeah, I set the bar pretty high. Um, let's move on. We yeah. talked about we talked we talk about, about coaches doing good stuff with their team. We talked about getting fired. Let's yeah. talk about coaches and players not getting along. The other okay. big news. All right, this is such an incredible. This is such an, this is such an incredible situation. I admit this situation makes me so mad. Um, this team makes me mad, man. This team okay. is just garbage. So if you can't figure it out by the size oh. and the negativity, we are of course talking about the Ottawa Senators. Um, so the big news from the Senators this week was a handful of their players were in an Uber in Ottawa or somewhere? Arizona. In Arizona. Okay, yeah, that's right. So the Senators were in an Uber in Arizona. Their Uber driver recorded them talking, trash talking their coaches. And I do you want to clarify? In Arizona, it is one party consent to record. So yes. They did not need to know. So technically, right? So to know. So that's Only the, the other thing. A lot of people are saying. Right. A lot of people are saying that. Oh my God, that's illegal. You can't tape people without their consent. Technically, from a legal's perspective, technically the Uber driver was okay. Yeah. He was allowed to do that. But shout out but, Mike Conway Ethics for teaching us about <laughs> two party ethics and party law. Consent. Ethics and law, my friend. Uh, media ethics, media ethics and law. Welcome to um, Northwestern. <laughs> anyhow, yeah. 
the big the big thing I'm taking away from, and here's the thing I'm not even disappointed with the players at all. I am furious about this Uber driver. Yeah, I am this dude. That is just well, not it came okay. out that uh, that he was, a, and I don't like I said this is not verified. This is alleged, so I'm not going to to play it as the truth. Um, but it was it was floating around Twitter that the Uber driver was pissed because they didn't tip well and they were cheap, so he released it. And he found when he found out that they were like famous. I don't know if that's true or not. All I know is you didn't need to do that, no matter what the reason. I mean, is. It's there's just... no need for that. If you if you're recording your car for safety purposes in case someone tries to rob you, right. Or if someone's making threats, something illegal. I get that. They weren't doing anything illegal. They're doing what every single person who is an employer of someone else does. And that's vent. Yep. Everyone vents. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, your favorite hockey team, your favorite sports team, your favorite employee, if, you ha- if you're if you an employer, I guarantee you they're going to vent. You know, you think you're sitting at home like, oh, my players would never do that. Your team could be in first place for the last three seasons, and they're going to vent. Totally. There's a story the other, the other year. Um, the other year, wow. A few months ago it came out about how Tom Brady and Bill Belichick were on, were on bad terms, and it's like, Look, everyone just, vents. Everyone, yeah. everyone gets upset. No one's ever close enough with, with the person they work with to be like, wow, I love this guy 24-7. It doesn't work that way. Well, there's no relationship that works like that. There's right. no there's no relationship, player, coach, boyfriend, girlfriend, friends, podcast partners. Doug, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no relationship that's – Now, Doug, now, you, whatever you really people... put some emphasis there on boyfriend, girlfriend, everything okay? No, I'm, uh, no we're great. I'm messing. We're, I'm messing. We're, we're doing really well. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but seriously, yeah. But we no, vent. there's, there's just – right, exactly. There's no relationship that's perfect. You're always going to be venting about something with the person of the on the other side. And so it, it's not disappointing at all from the players – and I'm sure that, and I'm sure the coach gets it too. Like I'm sure the coach isn't mad, um, but man, this Uber driver, I don't care how t- how mad you are, or you, you're mad they didn't tip, or whatever. You're a special. You're a special kind of terrible person if you do this. Yeah, there's no there's no need to. Oh, shut up. Oh my god. My phone's on silent. silent. I don't even know why it came through. Sound is off. I don't know why. Damn, I should probably turn my sound off. Well, I just got good. a phone call. You know what? Real quick rant. Um, I just got a phone call from the Yale alert system i don't go to yale i've never gone to yale i worked there for a little bit stop calling me i don't care <laughs> i'm not there anymore anyway so besides that all quick, right that quick um but, but no yeah. just to build off your point like it doesn't make any sense why you release it yeah it, it's and so, and so the bad, reaction man. i saw from a lot of people was obviously this looks bad but there's no need to do it and people vent and i think a lot of people understand that they vent and I, duchene was seen talking to um on, on the video uh, we'll just clarify because I'm name dropping here. Um, players like Matt Duchesne were seen in the video criticizing a few things, including assistant coach Marty Raymond, who last year was in charge of their power play, which was one of the worst in the league. This year, he's in charge of penalty kill, also one of the worst in the league. So they're criticizing him, and that you know that's life. You're going to vent. And uh, you know there was a video that came out afterwards of the next practice. They were talking to each other. Look, it, it, this is life, and obviously it's going to be tough to move past this because it's now public. But if you think that this doesn't happen more often behind the scenes, you're dead wrong. Totally. There's, there's plenty of situations that we don't know about or we know about and we don't talk about of players, of coaches, of arguments, of discussions that aren't leaked to the public. But of course, of course the Ottawa Senators have I mean, theirs yeah. leaked. I mean, of, of course. course. Of course it has to be the Senators. Like, a f- Has any team in the history of sports had a worse year 
than the Ottawa Senators. You go from the Eastern Conference Finals, one goal away in overtime, to going to the Stanley Cup, to being terrible last year, trading a franchise elite defenseman, having, you know, your assistant GM gets charged with with being a little too, you know, aggressive with a uh, a bus driver being really overly flirtatious and sexually harassing someone. You're, you're you send out onesies to babies that are now that had to be recalled because of a choking hazard. One of your players' girlfriends harasses another player's wife about their their stillborn child. Both players get traded. Both players get traded for, for pennies on the dollar. And oh now my, this. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, now this. Who who in Ottawa, like, stepped on a black cat and then used its body to break a mirror and then walked <laughs> under a ladder? Like, what did you do, Ottawa? What what kind of ungodly thing did you do to completely fuck with your entire franchise? Like, I am in shock and disbelief on how terrible this year has been for one team. For one team. And, like, I'd rather be a Browns fan. I'd rather be a Browns well, fan. Hold on a second. Don't go that far. I will I mean, go that far. <laughs> At least as a Browns fan, you know that what's coming. You know what's happening. Yeah. Senators fans are getting yanked around on a roller coaster ride, and they don't know when the ride ends. This is a long, like, I love long roller coaster rides, but this has gone on for way too long. Yeah. It's a tough one. Tough time to be a Sens fan. I really wanted um, to drop an F bomb during that, and I did. So. Yeah, you did. There, there you, you go. go. I, um, I, hate, I hate what's happening in Ottawa. I hate everything about it. Uh, cool. Let's, Let's go on a happier note. Yeah, let's go happier note. Let's get us happy. Um, the Hockey Hall of Fame. The, the induction is this week? Um, next week? Uh, coming up? Yeah, it's coming up. <laughs> um, very exciting. I am really it's, – it's a cool class this year. Um, it is highlighted by the two Martins, Martin Berdour and Martin St. Louis. Um, <laughs> uh, Gary Bettman is for some reason being inducted. Mm. Um <laughs> Yay. Go figure. Congrats, Gary. Yep. Um, We're so proud. Let me see when the uh, – so when is the actual induction? It's on – oh, it's it's this Friday. It's this weekend. Yep. Okay, so cool. So this Friday is the Hockey Hall of Fame game between the Devils and the Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Saturday you have a little bit of uh, some events going on, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Sunday is the Hockey Hall of Fame Legends Classic. And uh, Monday is the induction celebration. Yep. Yeah, no, and it's it's super exciting. Um, Martin Brodeur and Martin St. Louis, so unbelievably deserving. Um, the two of them, two of the best, you know, Martin's, Martin Brodeur, you know, one of the best goalies of all time, no question. Um, you know, when I was first getting into hockey, um, Martin Brodeur was one of those guys that I watched and was just so into. He, this was when, you know, Dominic Koshik and Patrick Waugh were really, in their primes, starting to get past their primes, sort of in that area. And Martin Brodeur was always brought up in that conversation with those guys. Um, and he, you know, he, he had such an unbelievably successful career. Uh, won, won, a, won a Stanley Cup, or two, or one. Just one. Brodeur? Yeah. Yeah, no, he won a few. Yeah, no, yeah, he won a, he won a few. Um, he won yeah, three. man. There, what, what can you say about Martin Brodeur, man? He, he was just so awesome. I mean, one of the best goalkeepers easily of all time um and obviously i'm not a devil's fan or anything but it's awesome to see him go in so you know i'm really thrilled about that i can um, i can i'm almost positive one three now i'm gonna have to look this up yeah he won three. Okay. Oh, he did one three okay 95 2003 yeah so yeah i mean this was even so yeah i mean he was almost came in the league around that same time that 
I mean, Wah was a little bit earlier, and Hashik was a little earlier than him, but not that much earlier. But Berdura must have been pretty young when he won that one in 95, I would guess. I don't know. Yeah, no, he was he was pretty young at that time. But yeah. Um, well, let's see, he won it in 95, and he was born in 72, so it would have only been 23. Right. Pretty young for a goalie. Yeah, that is pretty young. Especially for, yeah, you're right, especially for a goalie. Yeah. Also, weird, I always like to think of this with Martin Brodeur, and it's one of those, you know, um, thinking of a guy who played with a team that you don't associate them with, and that he had that very brief stint with the St. Louis Blues at the end of his career. Oh, yeah, it's so weird. So weird. Yeah. It's so weird seeing him in a Blues jersey. I can't even, uh, it's so at that It's so wrong. bizarre. Um, but just to talk about the other Marty really briefly, um, Marty St. Louis, as a t- growing up a Tampa fan, Marty was my role model, just like he was for a lot of people. It was whether whether it's St. Louis, Lecavier, or Richards. Um, a lot of people looked up to that that trio of Lightning players, and St. Louis was probably the most common. Um, even though Vinny was the captain for a longer period of time, Marty embodied a lot of what Tampa fans felt on and off the ice because Marty was heart and soul. You know, five foot seven on a good day. You know, and those good days didn't happen very often. I was taller than him when I was in high school. Um, but because he was so overlooked because of his size, he, he resonated with a lot of Tampa people because of that underdog feel. Hockey in Tampa, until Jeff Finnick came and made the franchise respectable, was not respected. It was not looked at with the reverence that a lot of people look at it now. People look at the Lightning and go, wow, that's a really well-run franchise. They're a good team every year. They have good prospects, you know, blah, 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 blah. That wasn't the Lightning for a long time. Um, the ownership was pretty terrible. The arena was nice-ish. They did a decent job of maintaining it, not great. Um, and they really didn't try too hard to win. They had a good team. They had some good players. But after 4 it just wasn't a respected franchise. But people always respected Marty outside of Tampa and inside of Tampa because of the heart and soul he had. And he represented a lot of what Tampa fans felt because we always thought, you guys should respect us. We know what we're talking about. Just because we're from Tampa doesn't mean we don't know hockey. And so because of that, a lot of people resonated with Marty, and that's why St. Louis is such an important figure for the Lightning, and that's why he was the first one to have his number retired in Tampa. Yeah, and totally deservingly so. Um, We'd also be remiss if we didn't uh, mention some of the other people who were being inducted. Um, Willie O'Ree. Huge. Humongous. Huge. Um, you know, he's called the, the Jackie Robinson of hockey. Yeah. For right, those who right, don't know him, though, you, should, so. uh, you should get to know who Willie O'Ree is. But he's important. He's the guy who broke the color barrier in hockey, and because of that, you have some incredibly talented players here, and you've got a more diverse NHL. And it's important that we have that. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, other players, and admittedly, uh, some of these people I'm not as familiar with their work, um, but Jana Hefford. Jana uh, Hefford, big one. Big, big yeah. women's hockey player from Canada. Um Wonderful player from what I've read about her. Um, Alexander Yakushev uh, from the Soviet Union teams, I believe. Uh, some of those powerhouse Soviet Union teams. And then I already mentioned Bedford. But yeah, he, we played, we, we he played for the Soviet Union during the 70s. Yeah, when they were that real, that powerhouse, big red machine type of deal. Um, and, yeah, we don't need to talk about Batman. Um, <laughs> and Gary Bettman also. And Gary Bettman for whatever reason. Gary Bettman. Well, I mean, in all fairness, as, as much crap as we give Bettman, deservedly so, because especially the lockouts, but also some of the other dumb stuff and the, he's and, done, the, and the Olympics. He has built the NHL up to a significantly bigger stage than where it was when he started. And, I mean, like, in but, theory, it, it should, because there is a lot of 
potential for growth. So it's not like it was incredibly. I mean, it's a professional sport, and professional right. sports have gotten bigger. Exactly. Every year, that's, you know, it's that's an the little, I will growth, give him a little bit of credit that he did manage to do that. Um, he was there, and he did something, I guess. But big, big shout out to to Jana Hefford, a very yeah. underrated part of this class. She's, she's basically she's one of the faces of of college, oh, not college, uh, women's hockey in Canada, and yeah. hockey in general. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, let's move on to some current players. Yeah. Um, I want to talk, man, we got to talk about TJ Oshie. That dude is an absolute beauty in every sense of the word. Yeah. Um, last night, incredible. Last night's performance was unbelievable. Uh, last night, big rivalry game between the Capitals and the Penguins, Wednesday night rivalries. Um, and Oshie in the first period got hit with a high stick. Uh, left the game for a bit. Um, had to go get go get work in the in the back room. Came back for the second period. Was fine. Third period, he gets you know hit with a shoulder by Malkin. Um, not necessarily a dirty hit by Malkin. Malkin did get ejected. I think rightfully so. It was a, it was a hard hit. He's he probably won't see any he won't see any suspension from it or anything. No. Um. Any any shouldn't. Um. But still. Um, but it, it took out Oshi out. He was he looked real hurt after that. But he went to the back room for a bit, came back, and with a minute and a half left in the game, scored the game winner on just a really you know really well done nice goal. It was good team play. Yeah. Also, um, but man, Oshi, what a freaking beauty, man! It's just the epitome of a hockey player right there to uh, yeah. to go out, get hurt, keep going. You know, after getting high sticked, after getting elbowed. And just find a way to score the winning goal. That's just that's that's classic hockey. Dude's dude's that's pure classic. dude's pure grit. Um, he looks like a hockey player. You know, <laughs> he's not the not the biggest guy in the world. He's got that lettuce uh, the back gotta of his helmet. Gotta have flow. It's important. Yep. Gotta have it. But man, he's he's having such an awesome season too. And he's a guy that you're always rooting for. TJ Oshie. There's just you know between him between his Olympic performance that will be one of the most heroic performances of all time. Between that and just how good of a person he is out off the ice, you're you're always rooting for him. Um, so that's awesome. It's awesome to see. Yeah. And speaking of that game from last night, another classic in the Sid versus Ovi uh, spectacle that we get almost every year. They're in the same division. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, last night's game two to one, uh, Oshi scoring the game winner, and. Uh, it's not it's not caps pens if you don't have Ovi or Crosby scoring. They both scored last night. Right. I mean, it's just funny that it was a there was three goals scored in that game and it was Sid, Ovi, and Oshi. Yeah. Like, of course. Um, but I do want to talk briefly about that rivalry between Sid and Ovechkin. That's something that was a huge rivalry for such a long time, and Sid always seemed to have an upper hand because he had all the Stanley Cups. Ovi winning one last summer kind of helped. It definitely helped, but kind of pushed him back even. Um, I still give the edge to to Sid Crosby, of course, but that was a great rivalry that helped define the sport for such a long time. Like it was like Sid versus Ovi. Sid yeah, versus Ovi. It's, it's one of the all time great rivalries, like right. no no doubt. And now you've got it's great seeing there's now younger guys coming in and having rivalries with each other, and it's fun to watch it. You know, McDavid versus Matthews is something we're going to watch for a long time, and mm-hmm. that's not even in America. Those are two Canadian teams, right? And unfortunately, they're not even in the same conference. Like right, it, it, would be, makes it, it makes it more hard. I mean, it, it would hard. be really nice if we could see another another great divisional rivalry. I can't even off the top of my head. I'm not really. I can't really find a great divisional player rivalry. Um, 
you know, I really wish we had one. Um, but you never know. Maybe maybe one will pop up that were, you know, as you know, you kind of alluded to this uh, in our pre-production that, you know, we we might be getting into the waning years of Sid versus Sid versus Ovi. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 sad. And again, it's not something like it's not like we're likely going to see something like that uh, anytime soon. I don't think so. I'm gonna find. I'm gonna be interested to see the rivalry for the next few years between the Lightning and Toronto. I think the two of them are gonna mm-hmm. go at it for a while, especially with Matthews, Tavares, you know, Tavares and Stamkos. I mean, yeah. and with that, with that young core, with that with that young yeah. core, the Leafs are the Leafs are built to be a great team for yeah. a long time. And it's interesting because they they match up so well together. It's gonna be fun to watch a playoff series between the two of them. Would be very high scoring, entertaining. I'm interested to see where Nashville goes in the Central because they're built to contend for a while. Mm-hmm. I wonder if a rival will step up there. If like a Nathan McKinnon yeah. and his top line, if Winnipeg and I, their deep core with Line, you could see like I don't know if we're going to be anywhere near necessarily the same level of Sid versus Ovi to where it's player versus player, but I could see team rivalry starting to build up a bit. Guys like Nashville versus Winnipeg because Nashville Winnipeg last year was so much fun to watch. And it'll be interesting to see if they can keep that going. Yeah, and um, I you mentioned uh, Predators and the Avalanche. That would be a very cool rivalry if they can keep that going. They actually they played last night. I think they did. Yeah, yeah they played. That was they a played, fun game. They played last night. Um, man, and I talk about. I think I talk about this like maybe every podcast. I am always amazed with the the turnaround that the Colorado Avalanche have shown. You know, from going from having literally a historically one of the worst seasons in the history of the NHL. To now being contenders, it's not like they added having, crazy good talent to change it. Having two of the top scorers in the yeah. league in um, in McKinnon and uh, Ratnan and Ratnan, yeah. Um, I was gonna say Landeskog, but no, it's not Landeskog. Landeskog's um, up there in goals. Yeah, he's kind of like just hanging along for the ride. He's also very talented. It's not yeah, just like totally. He, I mean, that line is, is awesome, very and I, it would be a cool rivalry. I, I love I love watching what the Avalanche do. The only thing they're missing. Is make they wore the, they wore the the alternate jerseys last night. They wore the, they wore the third jerseys last night, and I need them to make them permanent because those those, those jerseys are so beautiful. I saw a great tweet that said if the Avalanche wore those and the if the Predators were wearing their yellow jerseys like that classic Predators yellow, it would have been one of the best jersey matchups in the history of the NHL. It would have been. Yeah, I think so. Not, I wish, not, I wish, because, I not necessarily would... because the Predators yellow jerseys are a classic, but just because it looked better than the white. <laughs> yeah, I I mean I wish they would do colors versus colors, but whatever. Um. We kind of got away from the Cavs super quick. There was a video going around of OV at a hibachi restaurant <laughs> <laughs> flinging food into people's mouths. It was awesome. It, I, I just wanted to bring that up. If you haven't seen it, I love it. Go find man. it. It was so Alex it was so funny, is... dude. The summer of OV has continued into the fall and the winter. It's the fall like, of OV. The fall of OV, but not win- like the literal fall. It's like the fall, like the autumn the of autumn, OV. The autumn. The yeah. autumn of OV is upon us. It's yeah. great. Like, look, if at the end of the day, if you can't appreciate the character that Alex Ovechkin has become and is, like, I don't know what else you want. Like, we always, you know, complain about, oh, hockey players should be more entertaining and interesting. And then you have a guy like Ovechkin who's entertaining and interesting and, like, people will judge him or make him try to feel bad about having fun. Like, no, come on. It's one or the other. And I think that Ovi being like this is good for the sport. Just like I think, you know, Evander Kane – being that huge prick that he was for so long in Winnipeg, as annoying as it was, I think it was good for the sport. It's good to have characters. I think you need characters, good and bad. I think you need characters. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, Speaking of good characters, mm-hmm. 
They're, oh, yeah, this was cool. This is a big thing in hockey recently is hockey fights cancer. A lot of teams are having their, their um, hockey fights cancer game. You got your weeks. You got your fundraisers, all this great stuff. The other day, the New Jersey Devils had their hockey fights cancer uh, game. Let me. Yeah. Was that in New Jersey? I want to verify that. Uh, no, I think it was on the road, actually. I, I think it, I'm pretty sure it was on the road. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, sure it was on the road. road. Yeah, um, it was. It was on the road. So yeah. it was. So this was Pittsburgh. It was in Pittsburgh, and it was Hockey Fights Cancer Night in Pittsburgh. And naturally, of course, Brian Boyle, who went through, um, he was diagnosed with leukemia back in 2017. He is obviously, thank God, uh, in remission, and he's you know still dealing with it, still dealing with the after effects, all that stuff. He scored his first career hat trick. He's had a pretty long career. Yeah, at Hockey Fights Cancer Night in Pittsburgh. So. Two two weeks after he learned that his leukemia was in remission, mm-hmm. so, incredible. Mean, so awesome, man! It's you can't I mean, write this stuff. Yeah, you can't script it, and good for him, man, to come back so strong at that. And you know what? It always makes me wonder, like maybe at least even subconsciously, you know, he's going into hockey fights cancer night, and is he thinking in his head he's like feeling way good, feeling great about the whole night, and just goes out there. You know, messes around and gets a hat trick. Yeah, homeboy goes in thinking, "I fought cancer. How hard can it be?" And he just comes and gets a hat trick. Yeah, I mean, love I, it. It makes you wonder if if that is the case. Um, but it's an awesome story. Um, Big shout out, Brian Boyle. But love you, brother. And and speaking of stories that don't really surprise anyone, <laughs> um, Brad Marchand. <laughs> you know, you know, just when I think Brad Marchand is done, you know, being his old self. I blame you. He's his old self again. I so, blame you. So this time, what he did was he got called for a high stick. Uh, this was against – who was this against? Um, it was Dallas. Yeah. Let me see. Um, we're, we're both going to just search for it. This is bad radio. That's okay. Uh, no, it was Nashville. He was playing against yeah, Nashville. Okay. It was Colton Sissons. Right, it was against Col- – right, that's right. So it was against Colton Sissons. <laughs> he gets called for a high stick on Colton Sissons, and on his way to the box, he makes – an insane over-the-top reaction. He was imitating Sissons. Um, I think he got a. I think he got a game misconduct. He got a ten-minute misconduct. He got a ten-minute misconduct for it. I said God, I blame, I blame you. Is... That's because I don't actually blame you for for what Marshawn was doing. Obviously, but you were mentioning, yeah. you know, just as you think he's maturing, this man will never mature. He's never he will never he, be. I mean, now I'm pretty sure a he's mature never, player. I'm he pretty sure always he's never be going to. a pest. He'll always. He'll still be a great, talented, you know, goal scoring. Uh, forward, and he'll be on one of the best lines in hockey when he's with, you know, Bergeron and Pasternak. But he will never be a mature hockey player. Probably not. No. It was, I mean, the it, was, antics, it was It was. funny. The dirty plays. I mean, it was really funny. You know, the chirping. Um, I'm okay with the chirping. The dirty plays, the antics, it's enough. It's enough. I mean, guys, just like. It's not even, he doesn't need to. His caliber, he can make a difference without doing that stuff. I mean, it's just, it's an undeniable part of his game, unfortunately. He's just a very cerebral player. Like, he's trying to get in your head. Yeah, but at the end, you know, but it's, but what's he's more also, helpful, trying to get in someone else's head or, like, mocking this guy for getting a high stick? He, like, the, the guy took a high stick in the mouth, and, you know, Marshan thought he was overplaying it, and so Marshan gets a 10-minute misconduct for, for making fun of him and acting like he got hit in the face. How does that help? How You're like, oh, congrats, you're in the other team's head. You're now out. Like, you're not, you're, you're getting yeah, a penalty. I mean, that doesn't help anyone. It I, doesn't no, help I, anything. No, that's true. And It's like that part, I don't get that part. Yeah, he's a talented. It's not like he's a fourth line goon where it's like, all right, well, he's out of the game. We have a two man penalty. Fine, whatever. This is a guy who's on one of the, like I said, one of if not the best lines in hockey. You change that up, you mess with it. 
is it really helping? Like, you guys are dominating them whether or not you're in the other team's head. Do you have to take that extra step and get a penalty to where you're yeah. – you're, are you really making that much of a difference? No. You know, I also think that the other part of it too is that he's he's such a fierce competitor, and this is just something that fierce competitors do sometimes. Like, they they, they can't really control themselves. I don't They're know. Like, I, I, no, no, seriously. I don't think – I think a lot of the time when he does this stuff, it's not like – it's not a very, like, concentrated effort. Like, he's not – He's not thinking like, oh, I no, need to. Go. I, I don't think he's. I don't think he's going out there. I can't there. give you that. I'm sorry. No, I, I swear. Think, I, don't I think, think that that mindset is what enables him to do that because that's that's implying that. And I'm not. I'm not completely, you know, rifting on it, but that's implying that there. That everyone else in the NHL isn't a competitor. I know no, you're not saying. No, no, that. No, no, I know no, you're no, not no, saying no. that. But my point is, I'm saying. My, it's, it's I, know, I know that's not specifically what you're saying. But my point is, his level. If that's his level of competing, then he needs to find a way to change it because everyone else in the NHL, not everyone, but right. a majority of the NHL. Um, even even if you take away half the league and say that they're not working as hard as possible because they're not that's, like that no, level. That's not what I'm saying at all. No, I'm not. Like, I'm not saying that. But if you take that away, take your average NHL guy, and if he's working hard and he's competing, he doesn't have to do that stuff. Like, and I feel like when we say you know he's a competitor and we make that you know as as the reason, I understand what you're trying to say. I'm not. I'm not. You know, he, he's getting in the motion of the game. I get that. But he needs to figure out because he is more helpful to the Bruins when he's playing hockey than when he's trying to be cerebral because. As as getting in the head as much as that will help impact the other team, his line is so good, no, where no, they I don't know. need that. I, I understand, and it's that. all doing no, hurting them. I, no, I get what you're saying, and you know you've you've harped on that a lot, and that's not what I'm saying though. What I'm I'm not saying he's more competitive than anyone else. I'm saying I'm saying I know, no, no, I know. no 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 no. I'm yeah, saying I'm, I'm not, saying I don't sh- I'm, I'm talking I'm talking I'm <laughs> I'm not saying he's more competitive than anyone else. I'm saying his brand of competitiveness, his. He he's a very he's just a very emotional player. I've you know when I played sports not very well when I was younger, I would play with players who were just like Brad Marchand, who were like yeah. So, but how many of them are in the NHL? Well, none. How of them. many of them are professional? Well, zero. That's my no, point. Well, Once I know. you get there, you have to change that. I know. Well, yes and no, but it, it's part of what makes him a great player. I don't think he would be the same player he would be. And again, I'm not thrilled about it. I'm not thrilled about he about him continually getting thrown out of games. I don't like that. But at the same time. It's useful. It's useful sometimes, and it's just it's just the player that he is. And I would like for him to tone it down. I would like for him to dial it back a little bit, but I don't want him to fundamentally change who he is because I don't think that makes him the same player. So I think he's just so talented to where he doesn't need it, even changing it. And I think at the end of the day, a lot of NHL players would love to do some stuff he does and even go beyond that. I think if you you know like. I, I think very highly of Steven Stamkos and his ability to, to be a good captain. I think the other day if you gave him a free option to, to punch a guy that he was really mad at during game, he would absolutely take it in a heartbeat, just like any NHL guy. But they don't because they find a way to control that. And as competitive as you are, like I'm the same – look, I agree with you. Like when I when I get in a beer league hockey game, sometimes there's there's guys out there who are complete dumbasses, and I'd love to just rip a punch on them. I would love to just beat them up. But then I think about it and it's like I literally cannot do that. And getting a penalty, getting thrown out of the game, I'd rather play the game because I'm probably more helpful playing the game than I am doing that. And at the end of the day, I think he's more helpful. I, I understand what you're saying in yeah. terms of, like, that's him, and, and if, if it causes him to not be able to play that way, that's fine. But he's talked about wanting to be more mature, and he's just not showing it. No, so. I mean, I agree with that. Like, I, I, I just want him to dial it back. I want him to yeah. know when it's appropriate and when it's not. Like I said, yeah. for, first week of the I'm season. I'm fine with him being, listen, like, listen, the, we like, talked about this on the first everyone episode. Everyone else does. We, we, talked about this, competitive, we, we talked about this on the first episode. That first game of the season when he came in and uh, and fought whoever it was. I don't remember. Lars Eller. Yeah, Lars Eller. When he came in in the first game of the season and fought Lars Eller, totally down. That was awesome. And, that, and that's when you need him to be that player. 
Yeah, and, and I wish I wish he would dial it back, but you know what? It is what it is. Um, <laughs> anyhow, yeah, let's let's move on. We, we'll go about it all day if we keep going. Um, but speaking of <laughs> speaking of, we have we have to segue everything, dude. Yes, uh, we do. We are proud of our segues. But speaking of overreacting, which applied to Marjan and to our conversation, yes. Um, we don't have to. We should definitely not overreact to things that happen early in the season. Let's not overreact! Yay! Yeah, yeah because there is some crazy stuff. Let's um, take let's let's take a gander at the standings. Shall I was we? just pulling the standings. Let's up. take a gander. So early in the season, we talked about how the Carolina Hurricanes were fun and good and winning games, and New Jersey fans were all about, oh, why aren't you talking about us and. You know we're we're three and zero, four and zero, and we're we're off to a hot start. Rain, look raining, at us, raining heart champ. Yeah, heart and champion. you know we're doing well. And the Senators fans are thinking, you know, there's an article. There's a like I'm already uh, you you've heard me yell about Ottawa already today, mm-hmm. but like there is a freaking article in Ottawa talking about is it too soon to talk about the playoffs? Yes, it's too soon to talk about the playoffs. They were four one and one after six games. You think that's gonna lead you to a playoff team? No. So let's let's talk about not overreacting, okay? Yep. We did not freak out and th- and, cl- and and king the Hurricanes as the President's Trophy winners and make the Devils, you know, your Eastern Conference finalists and tell Senators fans that, you know, they were going to win the Stanley Cup. And there's a very good reason for that, and that's because at the end of the day, those teams are not as good as their record indicated. Mm-hmm. And if you look at it now, it's getting back to the norm. Carolina, New Jersey are seven and eight. In the Metro, behind a terrible rebuilding Rangers team, right. Ottawa sixth in the Atlantic, behind Buffalo, they're six six and three. Their last ten games. Hey, uh, you know what? The Montreal, Montreal Canadiens too, because the Canadians started off great too, and they were you know in first place of the division for a while. Look at that; they're back in the middle of the division. Mm-hmm. Um, better than we thought they might be, but they're eight, still five and two is respectable. I would say the only real surprise in that division at this point is the Panthers being in last. Which is, and even then, it's not a humongous surprise. And well, and actually, I'm, and also I'm less the, surprised when a team does badly, and it's just like, okay, they're doing badly. You know, that happens because some teams just collapse, to, uh, just have a bad season that you expect to be good. I'm more surprised, and I overreact less when I see a team that's supposed to be bad doing good, and then expect them to go back to the norm. Vegas was the only example I can think of last year that that defied that, that didn't go back to the norm. Right. So like Florida being in last, like, you know, sometimes just a team. That's supposed to be good is bad. The Lightning mm-hmm. missed the playoffs two years ago despite having a great team. They were injury decimated, of course, just yeah. like the Panthers have been. But yeah, and the other thing too is that the, I mean, to be fair, the Panthers have played four fewer games than every team in the division besides right. the Bruins. Um, yeah, and and you know what's interesting is with water finding its level, so to speak. Yeah. Um, good phrase. Look at you. No, I love I love that phrase. Um, That's good. I like that. The one. Golden Knights. You know they were great last year. And I saw, in even with how good they were and making it to the Stanley Cup Finals, I kept thinking, like, this has to be an anomaly. Like, there has to be something here. And wouldn't you know it, they're second to last in division right now. In a terrible Pacific, too. In a really bad Pacific division, you know, which, yeah, it is. A, <laughs> I'm just looking at it. I mean, with the Canucks, are, <laughs> the Canucks are still third in the division right now. Yeah. With that, just, just to build off that, we talk about not overreacting. I'm not going to overreact to where the standings are right now. Fans shouldn't no. overreact to where the standings are you, right now. You really the don't know. Islanders... In first in the Metro is not going to stay that way. I guarantee no. you the Islanders will not finish first in the Metropolitan this season. Definitely I guarantee not. that. I mean, especially not with yeah with the Caps, Blue Jackets, and Penguins right behind them. No, of course not. And the reason um, the Islanders are there right now, they've only given up 34 goals against all season in 14 games. That's with Robin Leonard and Thomas Grice in that. You're right. telling me that that tandem with that team, just because Barry Trotz showed up with the same team last year that struggled to stop goals, that all of a sudden they're, you know, top five in the league. And, and without allowed? John Tavares. Yeah. Yeah. And... I don't buy it. No, I don't buy it either. And... 
Oh, shoot. There, who was I going to talk about? I don't remember. Um, <laughs> I'm not buying the Islanders in first. I'm not buying the Canucks in the playoffs. Oh, spot. I remember. Yeah, so you really don't know what you have until basically right before the All-Star break. Yeah. Like, I, I would say once you're at the All-Star break, then you really know which teams are for real and which ones aren't. Um, the other thing is, you know, we talked about it earlier in the season, you know, John Gibson basically held the Anaheim Ducks afloat. And we said, don't buy the stock of the Ducks. They're not, you know, they're in first right now, but that's not going to stay a while. Their underlying numbers, they're going to fall back to earth hard. And you know what's happened? Their last 10 games, they've won two. Yeah. So, you know, at, at the end of the day, I don't think Vancouver stays in the playoff spot where it is right now. I don't think the Islanders stay in first where they are right now. You know, I, you know, Arizona started off slowly. I still held out the faith. And now look, they're six and four in their last 10. They're over 500. They're starting to score some goals now, and they've allowed the fewest goals in the NHL. Antti Ranta just got placed in the IR, though, so we'll see how long uh, he's out for. That would be a huge loss for them, but if he's only out for a few days and he's back, that's a team that could surprise some people in the Pacific. Oh, I think so. Um, I mean, I think it's, it's a very young, talented team, and they could actually yeah. you know, make some they noise. Started for, for they started slow. They barely scored in their first five games. People were freaking out. It's like, look, let's not overreact. Yeah. So there you go. Cool. Um, I am going to overreact a bit, but that's just because I'm a drama queen to this next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? No, I'm not really a drama queen, but this was frustrating to me. So for those of you at home who don't know, I am a big proponent of women's hockey. I have worked in it for the last few years. I've seen incredible female athletes, and at the end of the day, women's hockey is just hockey. It's hockey. It's a sport. You know, it's just because female athletes doesn't change the fact that it's a great game. And something that was very frustrating to me this week, and I talked about it a few with a few people around the industry. I like I said, I look out for these things. I look out for women's hockey things. Like I'm on the I'm on the lookout. I'm paying attention. I didn't know until the day before a scrimmage that was open to the public that the US women's national team was in Chicago. I'm in Chicago. I'm here. I'm paying attention to these things. I didn't know until the day before there was an open scrimmage to the public that they were in town practicing. And that, you know, they'd been around for a while. That's something that, if I don't know it, the average fan, there's a good chance they don't know it. How do you expect to build the brand and build up the name of your women's national team if you're not actively promoting them? And they finally started doing so recently with the Four Nations Cup going on right now. But how many people know about the Four Nations Cup going on? How many people know that the U.S. women's national team yesterday beat Canada in a very close, fun game that I streamed? And it was a great time to watch. I believe the final score was 2-1. to one. I'm going to look that up just to verify for myself. But, mm-hmm. like, how do you not keep an eye out on on these things and try to build this brand if you're USA Hockey? So, like, that's my, my frustration is yeah. you can't you, – people don't want to invest in these – in women's hockey and in women's sports. If you're not building the brand and you're the people that are supposed to be behind them, people aren't going to invest. No. And, I mean, I think the the sad, unfortunate truth with this is that – the best PR people and the best, you know, people who are who are doing this are probably going to men's hockey. They're going to the NHL and they're going to the men's national team because, unfortunately, you know, that's where the money is. And it's it sucks. It sucks to say that. I, I really wish that wasn't the case, um, you know, because women's hockey is a great product. Watching it in the Olympics was one of my favorite events that I watched that year. Um, you know, it was so amazing. We got to talk to Haley's Grupa. She was awesome. It's, yeah, it's disappointing. And I would say that, you know, I think the product is just as good, but I think that the people in charge of putting the word out there are maybe not the best. 
because, yeah, because they're probably all bolting for NHL teams. And it's it's frustrating because when you're USA Hockey, right? You're this is your team, your U.S. Women's team. You're all over Twitter for your U17 men's hockey team in Switzerland playing against you know Italy in some national tournament in some international tournament. But your U.S. Women's national team, who are stars, you know people know the name Hillary Knight. They know that name. They know Maddie Rooney after the end of that final. They know these names. You know Amanda Kessel. People don't know who Amanda Kessel is. Like really, you're going to tell me that? No, they they know these names. You should be branding the crap out of these young women. And they're you know. To me, it's frustrating to see that because when you don't advertise this, people aren't going to pay attention. And just to prove that point, I looked up USA USA versus Canada women's hockey just to make sure I got the final score correct. And all the search results for that were back in, like, February, back when the thing happened, right. which makes sense. So I, I narrowed it down to the past 24 hours, and it took me quite a few search results before I finally found a recap of the game because all I have is Team USA Hockey and their Twitter, and their Twitter didn't say anything. They barely had anything about the game, and it's like, yeah, they're not they're not doing enough to make it happen. They just gotta step it up. It's yeah. it's just frustrating. So yeah, that's okay. my that's no, my okay. point. Um, anyway, let's have some fun. Yeah, let's let's have some fun. Segment so, time. Everyone sweet. clap it up. So, so get some segments going. This week was the highly contentious United States midterm elections. Woo! Um, no more Spotify ads. Yeah. Yay! Yeah. I mean, um, I'll still get Spotify ads, but no more political Spotify ads. Yeah. Uh, I don't uh, get Spotify ads. I pay for the premium. See, I'm cheap. I listen to Spotify when I'm in the shower. And I have to listen to political ads. Like, nah, go away. No. I'm trying to I – can't, I can't get in a good lather if you're telling me about politics. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyhow, we are going to talk about we're, – we're going we're gonna to go through some superlatives of NHL and the election season. Yeah. Um, so first, who's our president? Who's the president of the hockey world? President of the hockey world. Um, well, let's see. Are we going to limit ourselves simply to players? It can be anyone. Because the president sure. of the hockey yeah, world. Sure, whatever. Do whatever you want. You know do. that if the, the pres, if uh, hockey was whatever, the pres, who most likely be president, you know Gary Bettman's going to do everything he can to get his little hands on that power. I'm not. Okay, but I'm not. Uh, we're, I'm not talking. I'm not going to. I'm not going to talk about Gary. But like. I got to name drop Gary. Future Hockey Hall of Fame. So weird. Oh, my God. Life's weird. Uh, yeah. No, but if we had to pick a president, um, I could totally see someone like Sid Crosby coming in with a pretty boy smile and, you know, I care about your interests and really relating to the people, you know. the ba- yeah. where, Where's the Bane voice? Back to the you. The people. The people. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So um, I, I'd probably pick Sid Crosby. <laughs> you know, and that's who I was thinking also. Um, I think that he's the most he's the most presidential. That's yeah, what exactly. It, that, that's presidential. He really is. Like he he's he's, he's eloquent. He is such a he is such an image. You know, he probably eats on some fine china. You know, right? He's it's you know you can make an argument whether or not he's the best player in the league. Um, but I don't think being the president comes down to just being the best. It also becomes being the most presentable. And I would say that Crosby is very much the most presentable player yeah, in the league. Very much so. Um. Vice president. So, so then who's vice president? Um, let's see. Do, how do we want to clarify this? Because we could do vice president as like do, an actual dude, VP. However you, however you interpret that. See, I always view the vice president as two things. One, the person who steps in if the president goes down in some form or manner mm-hmm. um, and will probably be completely flustered because that's not like what their supposed to be job is. And two, the person who's like the evil sidekick. I always view it as the evil sidekick. Even I mean like I'm not going to get political so I'm not going to get into specifics. But like I always view – VPs as like 
you know, I don't know. I think it's always like like when you see in like a TV show, like the the well, bad making, guy, and then like you know, they're Alfred Pennyworth. But they're like, they're making a whole movie about Dick Cheney and like how he was that guy. So so there you go. Yeah. All right, movie reference coming in clutch. Yeah. So to me, it would have to be someone who's like the evil sidekick, and to me, that probably would have to be Milan Lucic. Ooh, interesting. Milan Lucic, just because like he's clearly like just just like the VP, he's probably overpaid. Um, to do a job that currently he doesn't, you know, you don't need to pay him that much to do. You know, Milanovic is overpaid. Um, how much does the VP really do? I mean, they do. They do work. I'm not going to lie. But, like, you're not the president, you know. You're getting paid presidential money. You're not the president. Lucic is getting a lot of money. He's not the president. And uh, he's like this big goon who's supposed to watch out for his stars. And just like the VP is like this big goon who's supposed to watch out for his president. So, yep. Milan Lucic, my VP. I got you. I, you know, I was thinking of this a little bit more like somebody who you could see as president, but it wouldn't okay. be like your first. That also works. Right. So way. somebody you, you wouldn't see as years. like your first or your even your fifth or your tenth choice. Okay. But somebody who has good relations with the president. Hmm. So I actually have two thoughts on this. Yeah. My first one is sort of the obvious one is Evgeny Malkin. Right. So because, you, know, right, so, you know, right. So, you know, right. So Malkin, you know, is the guy who. He's been running with 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 Sid this whole time, you know. Obviously not on the same line, but they've you know been running together all these years. You know, same team. Um, Malkin's not quite who you would think of as like the face of the league. You know, not even your fifth or your tenth. But yeah. but you know what? He's but he's still a great player, and um, uh, he's the kind of guy that I would uh, is the kind of guy that I would you know pick for that role. The other person I was thinking of, just in light of that Kenya video the other day, is Nathan McKinnon, because Ooh, the two, the two, yeah, because uh... Nathan McKinnon is right, and that's the thing. Like they teamed up for that video. Um, they're, they're two players who I could see kind two of Cole work... Harbor kids. That's right. what it was. I couldn't think of the name. Oh right, yeah, they're yeah, both they're from, from Cole from, Harbor. Right, they're both from Cole Harbor. So yeah, so that's the thing. Like I could see them kind of running together, uh, getting along. And McKinnon is, you know, he's. I mean, he's still one of the. He's one of the best players in the league. Um, and somebody who could be the face, but again, right now you don't really think of him in that way. So that's my thoughts on BP. Nova Scotia, Cole Nova Harbor. Scotia, yeah. Uh, sure. Me, uh, according to QuantHockey.com, only Sid Crosby is. That doesn't make any sense. No, or, no, he's from can... Cole Harbor. Yeah, no, oh, he's, he uh, he's from Cole Harbor. Oh, okay. All right, let's uh, let's relax. Google, basically Wikipedia coming up. Wait, no, it says, he, it says Nathan McKinnon's from Spring Hill. Spring Hill. Yeah. NHL has an article that said whatever. All right, Nova Scotia kids. Screw and it. And then Wikipedia says Halifax. I don't know. Whatever. The internet sucks. They're, all right. But they all are from, they're both from Nova Scotia. So. On to very confusing things that would frustrate us. Which hockey player, if they were a politician, would have the worst political ad? And you can define worse as whatever. Either right. It can be the most uncomfortable. It can be the most, like, like crazy and out there. Yeah. Okay. Who would, who would have this the worst political ad? Um, Let me think about this. Who would have the worst political ad? I I, I want to say like Brad Marchand actually, like because <laughs> he would just do something stupid. Like he would just say something really stupid in his political ad, and and he would think it was like super funny, and it wouldn't be really that funny. Probably. I love Mar- I love Marchand, but I don't know if that would be his forte. So that's that's what I'll say for that. Fair enough. There you go. I can see that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine is gonna be a little. Uh... Yeah, toes on the line here. I'm going to mm-hmm. make sure I don't say anything too crazy. Okay. I think the worst political ad, similar to your train of thought, would be Patrick Kane. 
Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I That's think funny. because of his uh, uh, alleged checkered history, um, that obviously you know there's there's a lot of question marks surrounding him, just like any good politician. Mm-hmm. Um, he did beat up that taxi cab driver, but I feel like he would come up with some ad trying to like make light of the situation. I could completely see Patrick Kane trying to like make some jokes to make people feel more comfortable with him, and it would just be just the worst, worst thing in the world. Like, oh, my God. The, the jokes in my head right now are just all terrible. I don't know if I should say them or not. Um, but basically, it would be along the lines of a Patrick Kane ad that involves, uh, you can't say no to Patrick Kane. Oh, God. Yeah. it's ugh. Yeah, All right. Patrick Kane's a politician <laughs> would just, please, please, Patty, never run. We're never, not, yeah, ever, I ever, ever run. I, don't, I wouldn't count on it. Um, Speaking of controversial, who would be the most controversial politician? So, um. I really wish he was still in the league because I would pick Sean Avery. Because um, <laughs> man, that that dude is just that dude is just a Marty contro- Brodeur hates you so much right now. Controversy <laughs> machine, that guy. Oh, so funny. Um, but because he's not in the league, I'll pick someone who is in the league. Um, I'll take I'll take Milan Lucic for this one. Okay. You know, because Milan Lucic. I mean, yeah, he he's not afraid to speak his mind at all. Um, or you know, do things that are controversial. I think he he beat the piss out of somebody. Like yesterday or the day before, I don't remember who it was. It was but lightning player, it was uh, Matthew Joseph. Yeah, he he, absolutely he hunted beat the crap him down. Out. Yeah, he hunted him down, beat the crap out of him. Didn't even have the like people. I don't know. I saw a lot of arguments about this on Twitter whether or not it should be suspendable. He ended up getting fined ten thousand dollars, which is the max allowed. Mm-hmm. And a lot of I never saw anyone bring up this point. I was shocked. Joseph, that the guy he beat up, Matthew Joseph, never had the puck. <laughs> and people who are defending Lucic are like. It was a shoulder-to-shoulder hit. It was a clean hit. Homeboy didn't have the puck. He wasn't near the puck. He wasn't – he didn't – it wasn't like, oh, it was like a little late, like he had just passed the puck. He was on the forecheck. He was on – like he was on the forecheck. Lucha just hunted him down, just laid him out, and then sat on him and started beating him up. It's like, <laughs> what? Like, how are you defending well, there this? There you go. There you go. My there's... most controversial. Um, oh, all right, who God. you got? Uh, there's a lot of good choices. Um I, I loved your Sean Avery pick. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. You know, Sean Avery 2020 will wave a stick in front of you. Um, I don't even know what his campaign would be. It'd probably be something absolutely garbage and terrible. Don't, uh, my don't, pick don't take my don't take my sloppy seconds. I will not. Don't worry. I will not. <laughs> no, that, take no, Sean that's, Avery. no, that was, that's oh, Sean oh, Avery. for Sean Avery. No, I was saying the Sean Avery. It quote. took me a second. I was like, wait a minute. Yep, yep. No, you're. <laughs> Dude, that that quote is one of the most outrageous things I have ever heard a sports player say. So funny. Damn it, Doug. Anyhow, go keep going. <laughs> Sean Avery's a character. Oh, my God. Yeah. I think Evander Kane would be my pick for most controversial. Yeah, okay, I like that. I don't know what San Jose Evander Kane's like, but I remember Winnipeg Evander Kane. He got basically got traded away from Winnipeg because he was a diva. Dustin Buffalo threw about, his— We're talking Winnipeg? Yeah, Wait. Evander Kane, yeah. When did he leave in Winnipeg? He was in Winnipeg. Well, he was in Atlanta. Oh, uh, was he in Atlanta? I don't know if he was in Atlanta, but he was in Winnipeg. Then we went to Buffalo. Then right. he was in San Jose. For some reason, um, like, I only think that he— He I, used to wear these track yeah. suits all the time— and uh, his team just got so sick of him that Dustin Bufflin took his tracksuit and threw it in the shower. Um, and that was a huge story. I remember when he had a picture in Vegas before Vegas had a team. But he took a picture in Vegas with a wad of cash. And he held it up to his, his head like it was a phone. And it's like, he's, like I said earlier in the, in the episode, he's a character. Yeah. And uh, he would definitely cause a lot of controversy and a lot of people being either very for him or very against him. That's what characters do. That's true. So that's my controversy. Cool. Um, all right. Now – Obviously, politics is about winning and losing. Doug, who would be the biggest blowout winner 
in hockey if they're a politician? Who would who would be such a good candidate for whatever they're running for that they would be um, just like the biggest winner, biggest yeah. win by a, a landslide so, victory? So I would say running beside running for anything besides president. I'm taking Connor McDavid to take to blow out anything he does. Yeah. Because that dude's just unreal. And again, like for anything besides president, because again, I don't see him as like the face of the league. Um, I don't see him as very presidential. Not right now. I think he could grow into that. But he's like that rising star. He's like that Barack Obama before he ran for president. You know, everybody – like when Barack was running when – he, when he had just become senator in Illinois, people were like, oh, this guy's going to be president someday. Like he's, unbe- he's unbelievable. And that's, that's Connor McDavid. That's how I feel about Connor McDavid. Like he's, he's going to blow out any race that he's in, and one of these days he'll be president. You know, it's just a matter of time. So that's – I'm, I'm saying Connor McDavid for biggest blowout. I'm going to be boring. You know I'm gonna be boring. It has mm-hmm. to be Connor McDavid. Who yeah. else would it? I mean, be? it has to be the yeah. guy. The guy is just you know he he represents hockey so well. Um, he's not a character. He's pretty boring. Um, in right. in terms of of you know he's not crazy and, and out there. He gets the job done. He's fun to watch. He you know knows what he's doing and he knows it better than anyone else. And that's what you expect from your politician. That's what you expect from Connor McDavid. So there you go. That's your uh, here's your McDavid. Yes, sir. Um. So now, so now you want to go to the biggest blowout loser, like a guy who's just like no one wants to vote for this guy. No one, no one wants to touch a vote. No one wants to put a ballot with this guy's name on it. All right, I'm gonna go with two guys. Okay. And both of them don't play in the league anymore, and there's okay. a reason for it. Okay. I mean, I figured we were going with guys in the league, but uh, but I'll accept for this one. I'll accept right. it. Okay. And there's a reason for it, and it's because they're out of the league now because of the fact that no one wants them, and there's a very good reason no one wants them. Those two guys are Matt Cook, and Rafi Torres. Mm, yeah. Both guys heavily suspended. Fans hated them. I, fans on their own team didn't like them. You know, these are guys that you only really have around just to uh, to keep that edge, to keep that line. Matt Cook purposely, um, I, I don't know about purposely, but Matt Cook repeatedly getting in trouble for injuring players. Um, Rafi Torres getting in trouble, getting suspended almost half the season for dirty dirty play. Like these are guys no one likes. They'd get blown out in any vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I totally feel that rationale. For my pick, this is an interesting one. Uh, you know, because in some respects, like he actually does look like a good candidate, um, and he's he's certainly talented. But for some reason, he it just feels like he loses all the time. I'm gonna go with Matt Duchesne. Because it just seems Ooh, like, I like that pick. Right, so I like Matt that Duchesne, a lot. it right. seems like losing follows him wherever he goes. Because notice, he was on that avalanche team that was historically bad. He gets traded to the Senators. They're terrible. They're still terrible. It's just, it just seems like that dude can't avoid being a loser, even though he's great. I love this pick, Doug. I think you right? killed this pick. I, oh, I think this is – yeah, thank you. I, I think this is a good pick. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, Duchesne – on paper, he seems like one of those guys who should be a great candidate, and yet he just can't be, and I don't know why. And and so I think he just he'll lose everything that he does. So I'm gonna clap for that. Can we cla- get you. some claps in the thank chat you, for you. Doug? That Thank was, you. I thought that was a good. That was one. a fantastic pick. I like that, Doug. All right, I wasn't I wasn't sure how I'd be able to rationalize it, but when I started rationalizing, I was like, okay, yeah, this makes sense. That was a great pick, so, Matthew Shane. Losing follows him everywhere. <laughs> Love it. Oh man, just <laughs> don't don't don't, don't, don't mention me. that on the Uber. Don't at me. And Matt Duchesne, if you ever want to come on the podcast and discuss, I'm right here. So <laughs> coming in hot. All right, Doug. Let's see if you can, if you can keep the uh, 
the streak of, of wonderful candidates going. Our last election season, um, I can't think of the word off the top of my head because I'm just stupid, apparently. Um, superlative. Thank you. There you go. Doug coming in hot with superlative. Thank <laughs> you, Doug. Our last superlative, the loudest politician. Who would make the most noise, both verbally and on social media and just everywhere, who would get like yeah. just the most attention? And and the thing is, this superlative, I have a, in theory, would uh, seem to carry a negative connotation, but it can also be positive. Yeah, I think it could be positive. You know, I feel I like mean, we're gonna end up with the same person. By the way, I okay, very good. I, I don't know, maybe not, but I do. You, you want to do a one, two, three? Yeah, and we'll let's give it a see, try. Let's see All if right. we have it. All right, ready? Yeah, well, I'm gonna do three, two, one. Okay. Okay. Three, two, one. PK, PK Subban. Subban. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. I, I kind of, I kind of figured. Yeah. There's, there's no one else. PK Subban. I mean, and he's it's a great. It's, like you said, it's not necessarily right. a negative. In this, in this situation, I think it's, I think it's actually a good thing, because um, hockey needs more like guys like Subban, and he's, he's a, he's a loud personality. He's, you know, they showed him, they showed him dancing last night at the end of the, uh, like near the end of the Penguins Caps game. They showed him doing his little dance and warm ups. Mike Milbury shaking his head somewhere. But you know what? This is the kind of thing that the league needs and and a guy who's very vocal. Um did you see did you see that uh he did a thing with Jalen Ramsey yeah, the other day? That, that was that was, was funny. Great. That was that funny. Was great. I was like, that's great. A lot of people, and that's and you you hit the nail on the head, Doug. Um obviously great pick. I'm biased because I was mm-hmm. my pick too, but great pick again, Doug. Um but but your rationale was exactly where I was going with this. The league needs characters. We talked about this. And this isn't like a negative character. This is a character people can get behind. This is a guy who raised $10 million of his own money for the Montreal Children's Hospital. This is a guy who cares about his fans and their well-being, who cares about them being entertained when at the end of the day, if you think about it, sports is entertainment. Yeah. That's all it is. Exactly. And you know what? This is a very good Predators team, and he's a big part of that. He's a very good player. But he's not just a player. He's a you know he's a guy that you like and you want to like, and some people want to hate, and that's fine. That's what it is when you make noise. When, but you know all these old school hockey types that are all about oh you know hockey is supposed to be this you know very serious thing. I hate that so much because all it does is make it less interesting and make it more of a niche sport. And it's not an it shouldn't be a niche sport. But when you have you know guys in interviews going. Oh yeah, we gotta get the pucks in deep, you know, and uh, we gotta screen the goalie and help out our own end uh, and play bodies. good defense and get bodies, bodies in front. Bodies and, in front. Yep. Oh my God, I was talking to uh, one of my professors earlier, and we were talking about how boring hockey players are, and it's like, yeah, I could give you their notes from a press conference before they even have the press conference half the time. Right. I can tell you what they're gonna say, and it's terrible. It shouldn't be that way. When PK Subban brought the when like. When he brought those bottles of Listerine in the Stanley Cup final because he made fun of Sid Crosby's bad breath when Crosby was, was tripping at him. Yeah, it was a little bit of a distraction. But it was also hilarious, and a lot of people paid attention to it, and it was funny. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean. Again, good for P.K. Subban for being the loudest politician. Totally. Subban 2020 with Gritty. Make one of you be the VP. I don't care who. <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. Let's, uh, let's move on to the rest of our segments here. Yeah. Um, let's start with apple saucers. Apple saucers. Apple saucers. Uh, assist of the week. Doug, who probably. had your assist of the week? All right. So this is, I mean, in my mind, this was the best assist of the week, no doubt. One of the best assists of the year. This was so cool. Elias Patterson. When, when do we not talk about this guy making an awesome play? God bless. When do we not? Bless our, our sweet, beautiful, young Swedish child. Oh, this guy is awesome. Um, where he was like at like half ice. He sees Brock Besser enter, entering the zone. Just flings it right down the ice, 
bounces it off the boards, off the end boards, straight to Besser. Besser puts it away. Incredible that's so cre- that's so creative, man. He's like, so young, but he's so cerebral. That that's, vision that's is scary. That thing. vision's unreal to be like, oh, Besser's going in. I'm gonna put this puck exactly where he needs it off the end boards. How do you even think that? Like, where is your head at that you can even come up with that? That's crazy. Absolutely incredible. That's unreal. Um, yeah. I'm gonna give my apple saucer to. I'm biased. A goalie. Right. Because you don't see these very often. Jack Campbell. Oh, love, love goal. I love goalie assists. Yep. A beautiful, beautiful pass down the ice to help set up an Ilya Kovalchuk goal. Shout out Ilya Kovalchuk for being back in the NHL. We kind of missed you. You're a character. We like characters. <laughs> um, but, yeah, my assist of the week goes to Jack Campbell because goalies don't get points very often. But when they do, they do it in style. And Jack Campbell had the style the other day. Beautiful assist. Yeah. I mean, I always love a good – I always love a, uh, a goalie assist. Always you know what I always love? A red light district. Woo! Yeah. Goal of the week. Red, the light, red district. light district. What? <laughs> ludicrous? <laughs> You're a ludicrous, Doug. <laughs> yeah. All right. Goal um, of the week. Yeah, you, AKA red light district. All right. You want you want to go first? Sure, I'll go. Okay. Um, you know, you mentioned it, Doug. We talk about him a lot. I'm gonna talk about him again. Elias Pettersson, our our sweet Swedish child, goal of the week. Comes in down the wing. Says, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna take a clapper. And yep. just rips it. Top cheese. Like he has ten goals in his first ten games. That's incredible. Yeah, dude. We were on, talking last unreal. year about when Nikita Kucherov uh, had a very a close, a, a very similar feat in the first few games, and people are talking about, oh, is it possible? Could he do the fifteen fifty? Is that a thing? First off, that was stupid for them to think about that because no one's gonna ever do that again in today's day and age. No one's gonna score fifty goals in fifty games. But, like, can we talk about how this guy, this kid, has 10 goals in his first 10 games, going for 11 for 11 for tonight? That's the goal for him. If he does that, you heard it here first. Incredible hockey player. We're looking forward to watching him. Yeah. Um, like I said, we talk about him every week. I mean, he seems to be the odds-on call their favorite um, right now, which good good call for you, man. Um, yeah. Um, but anyhow, my goal of the week, I'm going to take – from the Rangers, Neil Pionk. Um, and this was this was a goal that a lot of people were talking about this week. It was really cool. Um, sorry. Yeah. No, we, you're good. My, no, my I bad. Mean, it's an incredible goal. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I just got distracted by something real quick. Um, we can cut this, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyhow, Neil Pionk. Um, yeah. Good for the Rangers. Get something happy going. Yeah, something good for them. So Neil Pionk started off uh, in his own end of the ice, does a sweet little spin rooney um, around this was, who was this against? This was against the Canadians. Um, does a sweet little spin Rooney, does his best Connor McDavid impression, takes it all the way down the ice, powers his way past the defense, puts it away. I think this was the go ahead. This was a go ahead goal. Just a thing of beauty, man. I mean, we like I said, we see Connor McDavid do this goal like every week. Um, to see somebody besides McDavid do it and to do it really, really well, awesome. I mean, yeah. and that and that spin Rooney at the beginning is just the icing on the cake for it. I, I love seeing that. Um, so that is going to be the, uh, that is going to be my goal of the week. Red light district. All right. Save of the week. Crease monkey, Doug. Who you got? Um, who's your crease monkey? Crease monkey. I have got King Henrik actually. Keep Um, it in the Rangers family. Okay. Yes. We're we're going to go, we're going to go with another Rangers goal or another, another another Rangers highlight. So the Rangers were playing the Sabres. 
Um, this was freaking cool. So, and this wasn't like an f- incredibly flashy save, but it was really, really cool. So, um, Henrik's being screened in front by uh, 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 Sabres forward. He literally cannot see anything. Like you can see, like when when the puck gets to the to the net, you can't see his face. It's w- it's behind this dude's butt, completely. Um, he somehow just sticks his sticks his arm out, hits him in the arm. Man, making a blind save like that, that is impossible. Like, I just, I can't even imagine trying to to do that. So, man, such a cool goal. And again, not flashy. Like, a lot of the time we like to talk about flashy goals in this segment, or saves in this segment. But this one was just, that was just fighting fighting off the defenseman in front, or the forward in front. It's not a flashy save, but it's a needed one. Right, exactly. And that's and you know what? Those are the goals that, or that's the. Why do I keep saying that? The save. (laughs) Those are the saves that, uh, you know, they they sometimes go unnoticed. But it's because we're we're so hardwired to uh, appreciating non flashy goals that we're now officially appreciating non flashy saves. Yeah. Um, Um. All right. What you got? So my crease monkey this week. I promise it's not biased, but it's just incredible save. Andre Vasilevsky. Robbing Ty Ratty, we have Edmonton Oilers the other day. First off, a great play by Connor McDavid. Scoots into the zone, dekes around a few players, and then sets up Ty Ratty for a wide-open shot. And the reason it's a wide-open net for Ratty is because Andre Vasilevsky and the entire Tampa defense are focusing on Connor McDavid. That's what he does. But Vasilevsky is one of the few goalies who's literally never out of a play. Like, he will always make an effort. Even if he doesn't get it, he'll always make an effort to make any save if he has to. And he literally dove out into the path of Ratty's shot, got his head on the shot, and went off his head out of play. That's incredible. Yeah, right? the, boy was able to do save, that. Making the save with your face. That is always fun. Well, you know what they say, a good goalie knows how to use his head. So, mm-hmm. And you know what? You mentioned you mentioned Henrik Lundqvist making the save earlier. That's one of, of Henrik's uh, specialties was using his head to get the puck out of play. Yeah. Um, don't know how that'd do in terms of concussions, but, you know, Henrik did a good job with that, so maybe now Vasilevsky can take a few lessons. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to sweater weather. A lot of sweater weather Dude, going on. Dude, a lot on of this news. In the, yeah, a lot of news in the sweater weather department this week. I love a good sweater, Doug. Tell me what's up with the sweaters. All right. Well, we'll we're gonna start with. Let's start with the the third jerseys that have come out this week. Hold on. Let me just sigh for a minute. <sighs> yeah, give me a second one. <sighs> Ooh. Yeah, that was a that's a brutal sigh. Yeah. <sighs> Um, well, anyway, let's start with the other ones, because uh, yes, those are... please. So, the Leafs uh, unveiled the St. Pat's jerseys. They, they wore them last year. They're cool. Um, it's nice. They green, wore them. Yeah. green and white. They're nice. I like it. You yeah. Know, it's good. Um, Kings released some gray jerseys, similar to their Stadium Series jerseys from a few years ago. Um, again, nothing, cra- nothing crazy. Um, pretty cool. The Tampa Bay Lightning mm. released these absolute... And here's the thing. I This is coming from somebody who generally I will like any third jersey. Like, I'm pretty cool with any alternate. I actually thought that the Jets uh, script writing jerseys. I was about that, to say, you like the Jets right, jerseys. Right, everybody, right, that's the thing. Like, everybody hated these jerseys. I actually like them. Wow, these Lightning jerseys are hideous. And they now, are so I want to make it clear, those are leaked images, so I'm hoping that it's not confirmed. I'm really, really hoping it's not confirmed. Man. These are the worst jerseys I've ever seen any team put together in in any sport. Dude, these things are awful. That's how bad they are. 
that 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 they're gray trying to be, fade on the they sleeves. have a they have a gradient on the sleeves and that's all they were going for they thought that was unique that was special no no it's terrible it's a terrible well, look they they look like practice jerseys for for starters no they they look like what you're gonna see an ice dancer wear with like sequins down the side it's terrible the the gradient doesn't look good and there's nothing else on the jersey it's plain it's boring doesn't make any sense I was so upset about it I put it on my Facebook with the caption quote I want to die. And Facebook had a check on me and said, said Andrew, you had a post recently. Uh, we want to make sure you're okay. We're here for you. Here are some here are some uh, sources you can use. It gave me like like the suicide like, hotline. Basically, stuff. like I was that's like funny. I was like that, and I was all right. I mean, that's how bad this jersey is. Sure, why not? Like it's terrible. What were they? Th- they're trying to be unique and special and different, and I get that. Sure, and you oh, want to be with your third jersey. But they were whack. It's it's too much. It's um, it's a terrible jersey. Yeah, and I'm very disappointed. It, the first thing I thought of when I saw them, I'm not joking. My mom, minus the lightning jersey, my mom has a sweater that looks just like that. I'm not joking. My like, mom does too. Like, I'm almost positive. I can see her in that sweater. My, I think everyone's mo- mom has that sweater. My mom legitimately has that sweater. And it is. I think everyone's mom does. Maybe I I'll get her to, up, maybe, you know maybe I will get her to send her a picture of her wearing it because like with her face cut off or something. But like, because it's unbelievable. It's uncanny how much this sweater looks like the lightning sweater. Um, I guarantee if I look up horrific. black sweater women's style, I'm going to find the lightning jersey. Um, all right, cool. Well, let's move on. There's a little bit more some sweat, a uh, little bit more sweater weather to worry about here. Uh, we have the winter classic jerseys, the winter classic this year taking place between the Bruins and the Blackhawks. I'm going, by the way, um, I'm going, my friends from Boston are coming where we're going to go on New Year's day. Um, I'm super psyched. We still haven't bought our tickets, but actually, I mean, this thing's not selling out, man. It's crazy. Not like, there's still there's still tons of tickets available. Um, so we're gonna go. I, I have I to buy my sneak in with you. Yeah, man, you can come if you want. Um, so yeah, so but anyhow, the Bruins released the Winter Classic jerseys. They're pretty cool. I'm I'm pretty happy with them. They're they're very like the old. They're going with the old school. Uh, B without the spoke. Um, white, a little bit of brown mixed in there, similar to what they've used in the past. Um, I'm a big fan. I like them. They're, they're, they're pretty simple, um, but they're well done. The Blackhawks have not released their jerseys. They're actually releasing the jerseys. Oh, sh- you know what? I think they actually released them right now. Actually, we're going to look at them for the first time right now, I'm pretty sure. Ooh, let's do it. Because they said they were releasing them at 3 o'clock. Um, let me see. This like, is bad. If, bad. I, if I know how to type Blackhawks, geez. I think. I thought it was Doors today. open at 3 p.m., yeah, wait. The event. But the event started at 3 p.m., but they haven't done it yet. They haven't. Oh, they haven't That's done it yet? 40 Shoot. minutes ago, they tweeted out that they were going to do it. What? Like, come on. Hold on. I want to look this up and see if they've done it. But anyhow, the Blackhawks are releasing their jerseys today for the Winter Classic. From the teases, it looks like it's going to be. Oh, they have them leaked. Here you go. I found a Let's leak. See. Aesthetics, the same place that leaked the Lightning jersey. Yeah, and that you know what? Those jerseys are pretty much what I expected. They're yeah. just black and white. Straight black um, and white. Straight black and white using the old logo. You know, they're they're simple. Right. They're simple. It's they're not bad. I, I, I like think it. I think I like for the it. winter classic, like when you're going for that throwback look, I think that's a good look. Um you know, I am totally content with that. Um so it'll be a nice little aesthetic at the winter classic and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Always a good time in winter classic. Always a good time. Yeah. Uh you know what else was a, also a good time? We'll talk about it really briefly the other yeah. day someone ta- uh, released uh a picture of what it'd be like for MLB teams and NFL teams to be have hockey jerseys and hockey mm-hmm. set up. Looked really cool. Looked very cool. Very cool. There were some it's super on my cool Twitter. Ones. 
um, definitely check it out. It's they're incredible. Yeah, uh, some highlights um, from the MLB side. I love the Houston Astros jerseys. The Those AOS. are sweet. AOS is a the whole AOS is fantastic. Hot, hot as hell. Um, the the Astros in particular. Uh, from the from the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I really liked the I really liked the Jaguars. Jaguars. Was I, good. There was a, I there was the Saints. The Saints was really Chargers. cool. Chargers. I like the Dolphins. I thought the Dolphins, Dolphins was good. I like the Patriots too. I thought the Patriots one was actually pretty cool. They have they. I mean, the Patriots have a great color scheme. So red, white, and blue. You can't really go big, wrong. Big shout out to uh, Fairy Designs. That was the the group that shared it. It's the yeah. So it was it was, cool, it was a pretty cool concept. Um. All right. Well, I do want to point out real quick. The last thing I'll say is yep. uh, just because I thought it was hilarious. So Fairy Designs, like I mentioned, the the um, person or group, whatever that tweeted it out. And one of their one of the responses, because these are all pictures of jerseys, there's not people in them. One of the responses was, "This is not obviously joking. This is not realistic at all. None of them have any heads." Obviously <laughs> kidding. Fair Designs responded with, "The NFL prefers it that way." Wow! <laughs> Damn! Oh man! Throwing some absolute shade. All kinds of oh my wins god! Fair Designs. I did not. All oh my god! I didn't wins. see that. Dude, I did not see that. Yeah. That's see, aren't you happy? Brought wow! Out? That was good. That's unreal. What a great response. On funny notes, why don't we wrap this up with yeah, let's something go last funny? Thing. Yeah, let's do it. We're last bringing thing. it back, folks. The last okay. thing I know we've we've had you on for a long time today. We appreciate you sticking around. Thank you for sticking around for the end. We the appreciate last it. thing we'll make it worth we'll it. We'll make it worth your while. It's the dad joke minute. It is the return of the return dad. Return of the Mac. Return of the dad jokes. Return of the dad jokes. Um, I'm excited. I we were gonna cut this today, and I was like pretty adamant. I was like, no, we're keeping we it. Can't. We, we ha- have to keep it today. Hour twenty um, minutes. Now nah, we keeping it. Dad joke minute coming in hot. <laughs> we coming right. with it. All right. Uh, who wants to start? Doug? Okay, I'll start. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start with one. This is – I hope this doesn't go – I hope people get this one. This <laughs> oh, is, God. This is a little bit obscure. This is going to be like – oh, okay. I was all worried right. it was going to be like a little controversial, like my, so, my Patrick King controversy. All right, ready? Yes. No, no, no. It's just a little obscure. All right. I'm ready um, In Los Angeles. Yes. They're all about, you know, the TV business. Of course. They shoot a lot of TV shows there. Yeah. One of the TV shows I think they shoot there is Gilmore Girls. Okay. And, uh, you know, they have a little theme song that goes, where you lead, I follow anywhere. You get that? Like Alex, I follow. Oh, Doug. Yes, I get it. I got you. Oh, man. <laughs> I told my, I told my girlfriend, my girlfriend oh, loves, my girlfriend loves Gilmore Girls. And I told her I was going to make that joke today. So she'll be happy if she listens, which you probably won't, but <laughs> whatever. Uh, sounds like a good girlfriend. Yep. Oh, man. All right. Well, what you got for me? Well, you know, did you hear about the uh, the Jets player that went to the theme park? He spent all day waiting in line A. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I I had, I was trying to make one with that, but I couldn't think of a good one. Um. I thought that was all right. That was pretty good. I liked it. All right. Yeah. Let me hear it, Doug. Let all right. What you got? So, the uh, Arizona player Tobias. He learns a lot of things from books. He's a reader. I knew that was going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tobias. Yeah. yeah. Tobias. Yeah. Well, you know. Uh, Doug, I got a question for you. Very important. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's a hockey player's favorite thing to order from McDonald's? What is it? A McAndre Fleury. Ooh. Okay. I gotta like that one. I didn't think of that one. It's like Mark Andre Fleury. Mark Andre. Yeah. Make Andre. Yeah. Make Andre Fleury. That's that's well done. Uh, dab I, I, on it. I dig it. All right. Y'all can't um, see me, but I'm dabbing on that joke. All right. Uh, here's my Eat. last one. Um. So uh, in Toronto, Zach smoked a little weed, and he's high, man. Wow. Ooh, wow. Yeah. And they just legalized. Wow. Look All at right, you. true. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Yeah, in Canada, yeah, in Canada they just legalized. You're timely and entertaining. True. Dog, true. Yeah, they just legalized weed in Canada. I forgot about that. There you go. Nice. 
Well, the Melting Pond Podcast does not support or against. What's the word I'm thinking of? I don't know. Whatever. We don't care about politics. Do whatever so, you want. Yeah. Yeah. Live your life. Who cares? Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> we are we are not on anyone's side. We are the we are pancakes. We're neutral. We will flip flop. We don't care. Um, we're neutral. That's the better one. Thank you. Well, we're anti Gary Batman. I'll be on record. We're about very anti Gary Batman. Yeah. Gary. All right. Uh, I have two, and they're both kind of bad. Um, do you want the uh, Do you want the Devils one or the Avalanche one? Avalanche. All right. You know, sometimes hockey players get mad. And when they get mad, Doug, they need to rant in. Yeah, okay. Want to hear the other one? Sure. Which athlete in the NHL was every teacher's favorite student? (laughs) Taylor Hall Monitor. (laughs) Okay, that's kind of funny. (laughs) Yay, Taylor Hall Monitor. (laughs) My favorite one forever and always will be... (laughs) Hold on, where is... You know is the best one. It's it will forever and always be the best one. No. Uh, what do you call a Toronto player that likes to knit? Mitch Yarner. Mitch Yarner. That's, that's dumb. That one. That one hasn't. I don't. You think laughed at that one. You were dying on that one. I don't think I've aged well though. But it doesn't age well. But it's funny. <laughs> um. Oh, anyhow, anyway, that's our show. Yeah. Um. We're done here. Uh. We're gonna leave you with a fun little tidbit. Fun little tidbit. Um. Our friend Gritty over at Gritty Watch. We have to the, always, the always mention Gritty. We have to get a little a little mention in here. But, yeah, anyway, Gritty, uh, last Friday, uh, used the so- he was listening to the song Friday on a Flyers work computer. Yeah. And so we are going to leave it you. on Twitter. We're going to leave you with that same song. Yeah. Um, so enjoy. Not going to lie, he's kind of an asshole. Got it stuck in our heads. Yeah. Not happy about it. So if you're listening to this on Friday, this is super relevant. And if you're um, not, we're getting a song stuck in your head. All right. You're but, welcome. Anyhow, uh, have a great week, everyone. We'll see you next week. Uh, from Andrew Weiss, I'm Doug Greenberg. Have a good one.